This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi, all, and welcome. Today, let's talk about periods with Kareen Chambers-Sini. Kareen's entrepreneurial journey was inspired by her mother, who had a passion for women's health. After graduating university, she joined forces with her mother to develop the Diva Cup. They started with a measly budget and worked for them their kitchen table to figure out the best way to break through in this male-dominated industry, where they found themselves rejected as an unwelcome threat to disposable products. 19 years later, Diva Cup has brought menstrual cups into the mainstream and disrupted the industry. Diva has sold over 6.5 million Diva Cups in over 40 countries. As CEO and founder, Kareen has been recognized for her entrepreneurship and innovation through various awards, including EY's Entrepreneur of the Year, RBC Canadian Women Entrepreneur Awards, Women of Influence of 2019, and was named Canada's Top 40 Under 40. We are so excited to have her join us today. Thank you so much, Kareen, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, I said to you a little earlier, I'm excited to dive into this product, not not or this, this topic rather, not only about your entrepreneurial journey, and I would imagine all the barriers you overcame with that, but the topic of menstrual quality, period poverty, et cetera. So I know I gave a little introduction there of your story, but I'd love to hear it from your own words. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I never saw myself um, where we are today. It's just such been such a crazy journey just going over the last, um, it's been actually almost 20 years because um, technically we started in 2001. Um, but the story really goes back to my mom as a 14-year-old girl and hating periods and feeling like she was so limited. She, she couldn't be active. She was kind of told you're a woman now and you can't go play with your brothers. Like you have to, you know, be womanly and all the stuff that girls were told back then. Um, and she felt so shamed about it and so upset and limited that she started dreaming about this concept when she was like back. This was in the early sixties. She was just, she's an innovator. She's just um, always, I think she could come up with a new product every single day. (laughs) (laughs) The way She thinks, but um, yeah, she was thinking about this and, but really held on to that for many, many years. And it wasn't until I was 14 years old that she discovered the concept actually exists existed and had been around since the 1930s and no one was talking about it. And so she was so angry. She's like, where has this concept been and why is it being held from people? And I think really going back to the history of, of periods and um, menstruation products, they were really pushed to be disposable. Like that's where the money was like coming back every month to buy products. Why would they want to bring us something reusable? And 
um, sustainable and <laughs> cost savings, all these great things. So um, she really at that point made it her mission. She's like, well, if no one else is going to do it, I'm doing this. Like I'm going to take this on. And she actually dedicated her, her life like almost 10 years before we even started Diva Cup to promoting menstrual cups, like some of the earlier versions. So there's, there's been cups on the market. They were the, the one that was around before us was actually like a brown rubber, um, very industrial looking kind of thing. And it was kind of this hard rubber and it wasn't really that as comfortable because of that. By the time like we were still using it, she was promoting, really pioneering this category, like since the early 90s. And when I graduated from university in the early 2000s, we're like, okay, we need to bring this to the world. Like, in a bigger way. And then that's when we started brainstorming and we started searching for materials and how we can modernize the menstrual cup and really bring it mainstream. And that was our vision to bring this concept mainstream because we knew that if it was always this kind of niche thing that you could only find in the back of a health food store or um, online, it was, which was, which was not as accessible back then. Like, People weren't ordering online the way they are today um, that, you know, this concept really wouldn't be able to catch on. It, it needed to be front and center um, for everyone to see, hey, this is an option. This is a legit option that works. And here it is. So that's kind of how it all began. And now what did your mom do before that? Because I feel like she must have had an, <laughs> like she has clearly an She's entrepreneurial, an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. yeah. She does. Um, she actually had a, a jewelry boutique okay. at one of our local malls in okay. Waterloo. And um, yeah, everyone loved her. Everyone knew her. And I worked there all through high school. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, but she definitely is an entrepreneur. She always loved to help people and make people smile. Um, but this really for her felt like her purpose. Mm-hmm. And it was like this was just something bigger than us and that we knew would have such an impact on people's lives. And mm-hmm. she's always been very eco-friendly and, uh, and environmentally conscious before this thing, it was really trendy to do. So like, she, it right. just made sense to her. She reused every single possible thing she could. So yeah, it just, it made sense. And, well, and that's really helped us create that passion that kept us going all those years. Mm-hmm. I was going to say you, you definitely succeeded because I mean, when I, when we think, I actually don't ever say menstrual cup, I'm always saying diva cup. So you've kind of done for the menstrual cup, what you <laughs> next did for the, for the facial tissue in a way, know, right? Like crazy. It's, it's the brand that you've created and in, in making it front row center like that. And we'll get into a little more, you know, the importance of using it, but in terms of like, when I say the importance of using, I mean like the impacts, right. From an environmental yeah. perspective, a cost perspective, personal health perspective, all of that. But I, I would imagine like, tell us a little bit about that industry. Cause you touched on it a bit in that they were trying, it was a money-making machine, right? Like essentially you're selling yeah. women products that, you know, they need, they're not, they're not getting anywhere else. And at not a low cost price point, like not a, not an easy to digest price point. And I know when I made the switch over to, to Diva Cup, it, 
I, I just psychologically was like doing the math in my head. And I was like, why, why is more people not doing this just from a financial perspective even? So can you tell us a little bit about what that industry looked like prior to you and, you know, trying to enter it? Cause I imagine it sounded like it was pretty male dominated and, and what that looked like. It was. Yeah. I think that was the biggest, most shocking thing. Uh, there was a couple things that were huge barriers for us. And uh, one being that it was very male dominated. Most of the buyers that we were dealing with in, uh, they called it uh, fem care or fem high at the time. It's kind of starting to shift a little bit. Um, but they were, yeah, we'd go to these trade shows and it would be all male buyers, all um and they didn't really understand the need for this or um, even some of the female buyers. Like, I just couldn't believe how close minded everybody was. It was like, we've been doing this the same way for decades and eons. Why change? Like, they just didn't understand. And the, the second thing that was really frustrating was that it was all about the profit. Like, they didn't want to bring in something that was going to be reusable that was going to take their customer out of their store every every month Um, right because that's a big point right there I never even thought of that because oftentimes we're running to the drugstore to pick up our tampons because I don't know I always seem to forget when at the time and so you're buying other things too right like so from not only that that kind of UPC perspective too right that's that's kind of interesting I know. So that was, that was pretty disappointing, but over time we were able to build a profit story for them. Mm-hmm. And we learned that, um, tampons and pads have pretty low margins. They're almost like lost leaders. So there's a lot of like business stuff behind. It's like the business of periods in for a retail chain and the way that it works uh, is not really conducive to bringing in something like Diva Cup. So we had to think really creatively and try to create a profit story for them that, well, if you bring this product in, um, you're getting, you know, a $40 basket and then that customer, you're keeping that customer out of your competitor stores for the next year. Um, so we were, we had to be kind of like creative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but essentially it, it was kind of working, but what really worked for us, um, was, is just another crazy story. I don't know if we have time for it today, but there is a story behind kind of how we got into Shoppers Drug Mart and, and it was kind of some things that I would say the universe lined up that, okay, you know, made it happen. So there's, I'd love um, to hear some of it. Yeah. Tell us okay. Okay. It. I'll try to condense it because I know <laughs> we have a lot to cover today, uh, but essentially we had an opportunity for a, a jumbotron ad in Times Square. This sounds so random because it's like, what does that have to do with Shoppers Drug Mart? But we, it's <laughs> a big opportunity actually, though. Yeah. And, and they're very, very expensive. Like now when we did a two week thing, it was like, I I can't even remember how much it was, but it was crazy. And it was only like two weeks, but we got this opportunity. There was um, a sales rep, a Canadian sales rep was actually selling that space and someone dropped out and she was a Diva Cup user. So just out of the blue, she's like, I want 
to give this opportunity to Diva. So she Amazing. called us and I was like, is this even real? You know, we were kind of thinking about it and it was so much money for us. It was $60,000. It was like more money than we'd ever spent on anything. But something in our gut was like, we have to do this. We have to take this chance. And so we ended up doing this jumbotron Times Square thing. It was on for a year, um, all kind of like four times an hour or something, rotating with some other ads. And you would not believe this, but the Shoppers Drug Mart buyer was in Times Square and saw the ad. Oh my god! Like you can't even like plan that. Like I mean, the chances that um, that that even happened. But all these like little things were lining up, and we were trying to streamline our advertising. We were doing less advertising, but we were putting all our money into you know one or two magazines and uh, like trying to look bigger than we were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so finally. She was like, oh, wow, you're everywhere. You're here. You're in, you're in like, I think we did Flair and then we did a trade publication and then we did the Times Square thing. And then we did this other uh, paid opportunity with the Larry King show about okay. environment. And then uh, we did like an interview segment on that. And so it was like, we were kind of creating this, this illusion that we were this big company um, to try to get their attention and try to tell the story. And in the meantime, we had spent years building up like um, over 10 years building demand through other channels, through Mm -hmm. the health food channel, through online. um, And the word was spreading. So when we finally got a yes from Shoppers Drug Mart, it actually, we had built up enough uh, demand and enough buzz about the product. And it was kind of a movement happening. That's amazing. And it ended up doing really well in shoppers. And so we were able to take that story and go to other retailers and we got CBS in the States. And it was just like, it started snowballing. And over the next five years, we went from like 2000 stores to 30,000 stores. And now we're in My like 5,000 stores um, around the world. So it's, it really, I mean, I can't tell you how difficult all of that was. It sounds like super I was going to say, there's like a um, whole other story of like your entrepreneurial growth journey there too, right? I can imagine, yeah. but wow, that's super. But yeah, that's kind of like trying to put it in into perspective of what we had to overcome. But creating that um, shelf space for something sustainable and reusable was really a game changer. It was very disruptive for the category and it presented a lot of challenges, even for us as a company, just being able to support that type of that level of distribution to support from a marketing perspective and funding perspective. But we, we continue to, we continue to push ourselves and evolve and grow and, and, even now with all these competitors in our space, it's, um, it's changing all the time, but we're always trying to, to say, okay, well, we've been through worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what else can we do? Especially to your point, cause you know, now we're thinking now we are having conversations about, um, sustainability, menstrual quality, all those kind of things, but we weren't really 20 years ago. So this no. is maybe now it would have, there would have been a few less barriers for you, but not 20 years ago. So I think that's important no. to note as well. Even five to 10 years ago, yeah, 
I will say the shift in the mentality, um, the shift from what the buyers are actually interested in. I mean, there's, there's like a whole section now for menstrual cups in a lot of retailers and um, they're looking for other sustainable options. There people are demanding it. So it's actually not coming from them. It's coming from consumer demand. And I do feel like the work that we've done over the last 20 years has been instrumental in in teaching people to think about those things mm-hmm. and to challenge the status quo and to challenge what they're doing and say hey there there is another way and it's eco-friendly and it saves you money and it's yeah. better for your health and it's better for the planet so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a no-brainer but it's there's other issues as far as um, getting some getting getting women to adopt a new way of doing things mm-hmm. is another whole conversation mm-hmm. in itself. Mm-hmm. Are you finding that there is, especially the past year being at home, was there a more of a surge to trying out the Diva Cup? Did you notice a spike in sales or anything like that? Because I know for me, yeah. one of the barriers was okay, how is this going to work if I'm at the office or something like that? Now I don't feel that way whatsoever. Like I, once you start using it, you realize, oh, this is actually way easier than I thought. But what have you, have you noticed anything with people being at home, like more kind of to try or anything like that? I don't know if it was that or um, like when, when COVID hit, there was a huge, we had a huge surge because um, everyone was stockpiling toilet paper, as we know, and tampons and pads and all the necessities. And so um, it made sense for a lot of people to say, okay, this was the push they needed to, to take that chance and try. A lot of women actually really are curious about it. Most Mm -hmm. people have heard of it now, Mm -hmm. but they're, they're really having a hard time. So like taking the leap, it's Mm -hmm. like, it just feels like it's going to be, you build these stories in your head that it's going to be messy. It's going to be like, they do, you just can't picture how it's going to work. Am I going to feel it? How am I going to clean it? Like, it seems dirty. It seems icky, all these things. But as you know, once you try it, it's the it's easiest like, thing. Oh, so easy. <laughs> like, what have I been waiting for? Like, I've been suffering all this time. We had a girl, a friend girl Zoom, um, gosh, probably, I don't even know, maybe a month or so ago now. And I, was on my period and was using it. And I had mentioned it. And so a couple of my friends um, purchased it and they're like, oh my gosh, that is like so easy. I don't know why I never made the move. And it was my sister that got me into it who had used it for years before. And I was, and I said to her like a few months after, I was like, I don't know why I didn't do that sooner. Like it, it just makes total sense. And I know, you know, it's obvious to me now, but I know we, we've touched a little bit on like the the price piece is obvious. The environmental impact is obvious. Can you talk a little bit about the health piece of it? Like the personal health benefits of, of using something like, like a diva cup versus tampons? Yeah, sure. Um, well, actually most people don't realize that there's a lot of chemicals in tampons, um, especially and pads, but tampons, because they're worn internally and the little fibers can really aggravate, uh, and disrupt the pH. It can, it can cause a lot of irritation and absorbing of uh, these chemicals. So a lot of women, we've actually had some, some doctors and naturopaths uh, 
really talk quite openly um, and connecting that their patients have extremely better periods and less hormonal issues when they switch to a cup Um, because your body is not getting constantly exposed to these these plastics and chemicals Um, and the diva cups made from 100% medical grade silicone so it's it's very safe and biocompatible with the body I know for myself, like I used to get a lot of cramping and stuff, and I'm not sure exactly what that was caused from, but I think it could have been uh, the chemicals, your body's like trying to get this foreign thing out of there. Right. And I just find uh, my periods are, are so much easier and, and nicer that like just from my own experience. And we've heard this from, from thousands and thousands of people mm-hmm. telling us that. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. And so when I think of, you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask is why Diva Cup is so important. But I, and I think we know from the product perspective, but I, I want to dive into what I think the really important work that you've also been doing when it comes to period poverty, the documentary that you have. Can you tell us a little bit about how, you know, was that something that you got into right away? It seems like you're, you're becoming more and more prominent in that space. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Absolutely. Well, it is, it has really been part of our, our mission from the very beginning. Um, We were always supporting different education opportunities. We were involved for a long time in the early days with a lot of universities, with vagina monologues, with like a lot of different things that were really supporting uh, conversations, normalizing periods and uh, donating products to to people in need of uh, of period products, um, and that just continued to grow and grow and grow over the years. And in 2019, we created Diva Cares, um, and we brought in a full time person team member just to look after that because it's it's become such a big part of um, Diva. Just last year, we donated over 15,000 Diva Cups. That's over $700,000 worth of Diva Cups. And we've served over 188,000 periods to date um, through our program. So we're really proud of that. And that's growing. And and that kind of grew into Pandora's Box, uh, Lifting the Lid on Menstruation, the documentary, really to to bring this this urgent and timely issue to the public to create more awareness, um, to encourage people to get involved and understand the reality of what's really going on around the world. I think uh, when we started showing it at film festivals, people were coming out and their initial reaction was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this was happening. Mm-hmm. And they were just surprised. They were really surprised. And, and period poverty is a subset of poverty. And if people are in poverty, they are not buying period products. Therefore, they are not um, being able to menstruate with dignity. And there's all kinds of other issues that really um, go along with that. And the stigma and the taboos, it just perpetuates this, this um, discrimination and inequities around menstruation. Mm-hmm. And can you touch on a little bit about, you know, you talked about some of those taboos and those issues, but it can you kind of be a little more specific what some of those would be like. I, I, 
at least read, you know, that it has to do with girls not being able to go to school and getting an education. Can you touch on a little bit more about what those, what those kind of issues are? Yeah. So it's, it's really varied and that's why Abby, even the film, we had over a thousand hours of footage that we had to fit into into like an hour and a half. And actually I think it's like 75 minutes long. Um, And we have, uh, we went to five different countries to, to film it. And a lot of people do think like, this is just an issue in um, developing nations like India and Africa. And we, we did cover there as well, which was like very important. And the stories are incredible. We do see um, meet some girls that have um, that had to drop out of school. And there's like a really beautiful story. I don't want to give everything away. I really encourage everyone to watch the film, but we have some really powerful stories and we meet uh, a wonderful woman, Christine, who actually has channeled this. Now she's an adult has channeled uh, her pain through period poverty into doing something about it. She's involved with days for girls, which is an amazing organization they're providing uh, and sewing uh, reusable pad kits with it, with it, like a backpack. And it's just such a beautiful story, but she was actually pretty much like forced into prostitution um, because of, her experience and not being able to afford pads or any way to manage her period. So there's, we hear, we hear all kinds of really interesting stories. Uh, We filmed in the UK, we filmed in US and Canada. And the reality is that it is happening here. The United States and the UK have staggering rate, uh, staggering rates of period poverty. And even in Canada, one in seven girls have been impacted by, uh, and people who bleed have been impacted by not having access to menstrual products. Wow. And you think like, how can that be happening here? But it, but it does, it, it really does. They're expensive and you have to buy them every month. And if you're trying to uh, make a decision, whether you're going to feed your family um, or buy menstrual products, like you're not going to you're just going to go without. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I need to, I haven't watched it, but I'm definitely, I think that's going to be a weekend watch because it sounds very interesting. Um, and kudos to you for putting that together. What, like what a journey this has kind of brought you on, right? It's it's just amazing. (laughs) And and we're so proud of the film. Um, we partnered with uh, our partners, media one creative in Toronto and, um, our amazing other producers and our director, Rebecca Snow, she's an award-winning director that ended up coming on for the film. And it's just, it's, it's so well done. Like I, I'm really, really proud of this film and we've won, we've won quite a few awards now for the actual film uh, through film festivals and through some other areas. And uh, it's exciting and we just want to build on it. Like we want to get it out there. Actually, finally, after a year, we finally got it now streaming on all the TVOD uh, streaming okay, platforms. So it's on, we watch it. Okay. Yeah. It's on like iTunes and on, okay. um, like Amazon Prime or something? Uh, it's not on Prime at the moment. I, I'm possibly in the future, but right now it's um, the ones that you you buy 
like it's like five ninety nine to rent. Oh, okay, rent. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's on Rogers. It's on like all those different. I'm sure we can. I know on my. I'm it. not good on it either, but I'm sure on my TV. I just have the Fire Stick. I'm sure if you type in. Uh, the Pandora's box, it will, it will probably kind of come up from there. Yeah. 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 So, and you can find, find um, more information on, we have a website, pandorasboxthefilm.com and we have uh, a social media channel as well. We're on, um, on Instagram with that as well. So amazing. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Like what's next for you? (laughs) Um, We have so many things in the works where we're working on building out diva cares even more. Um, Really. I mean, this journey is, is just become such a passion for our team. It's, it's part of the ethos of who we are at diva giving back. We're we're a certified B Corp. So we're like using our brand as a force for good. I saw that. Um, That's not easy to achieve B Corp either. So no, yeah, it gets harder too. Every, every time you get certified and go through the audits, it's like, you have to, um, you have to work even harder, but we love it. And our team is fabulous and we just have such an amazing team at Diva and uh, we're growing, we're growing our team. Like we're growing our company, we're growing our, our uh, products, we're developing new products. Um, I'm working on a book uh, of our stories. So um, maybe by next year, it's like pretty much done, but it's one of those projects. It just never feels done to me because our story keeps evolving. I'm like, I need to write three more, more chapters because um, you need like a trilogy finish maybe. It. I know I don't I don't know how to how to like wrap it up but um yeah Very we've exciting. been through such a crazy journey and I just I love doing this kind of thing and I love talking to young entrepreneurs inspiring people I just think it's so cool from where we came from, we were such underdogs. Like this should have never worked in any way, shape or form. Like we weren't qualified uh, to do it for (laughs) sure. Um, We didn't have any money. We had a product that nobody knew about or would want to (laughs) use yet. Here we are 20 years later. So my point is that I just love inspiring people to not give up and just keep going and keep following their, their passion and and their dream, because you have a special gift. Like everyone has a gift to share with the world. And, um, this whole journey, it's been so much more than a a product. It's, it's been a journey of self-discovery. It's been a journey of, um, really finding my own purpose in this world and navigating that and becoming a leader, and being so far out of my comfort zone that like, I'm super shy. I was never one to be, you know, in the spotlight. I just always kind of wanted to be under the radar. Um, I don't know if that came, I was bullied as a kid. So maybe that comes from it. Like I didn't want to be seen Mm -hmm. and just really stepping into this journey has, has been really, uh, incredible. And it's just, I feel like we're at the beginning and now I'm running it. My mom retired five years ago. Now I'll run the company with my husband. Amazing. And I never thought in a million years we would be working together. And so that's been a whole other thing, but there's just, um, it's just been crazy and, and amazing and wonderful. And 
Well, I think I, I don't even know what to say. Well, I think too, when you talk about, you know, I don't know how it all happened. What is very clear to me is why it all happened is because you were genuinely passionate about this and your mother, you and your mother were genuinely passionate about not just, and you said it, not just the product, but the issue and the bigger cause. And I think passion and entrepreneurship is really like, the the major thing you need. Um, and that comes across very much so that you have that. And it's it's not just about this one piece of it. It's about the whole kind of issue and, and how we move this issue forward. So yeah, that absolutely comes across. And I can only imagine like sitting in your seat, you would have grown up building this business, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. which I is- mean, I was 20, 25 years old when we started. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's that so was crazy a too. long time ago. But um, what's been the most gratifying part for you? Is that too big of a question? You know, it it is a big question, but I actually know the answer. There's so many pieces of that. But what truly gets me up every day is the difference that we're making. It Mm -hmm. is the contribution piece. And I would encourage anyone who is an entrepreneur, who's thinking of being an entrepreneur, even in the business that if you're working for another company, whatever you do to have that really like that piece where you're contributing and you're making a difference, that is the most satisfying Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. there were, there were years that I really uh, was miserable. Like I was burnt out. Mm-hmm. I I had two kids back to back. They're 16 months apart. It wasn't planned, the second one. And it was um it was a really challenging time. And yeah, we were making money. We were doing well. Like under every definition of success, we were successful. We'd made it. And I was so miserable. Mm-hmm. I was unhappy in uh, I let my health go. I was um I was a mess. I could barely function. And that really, um, what, what actually got me out of it was actually kind of taking a step back and focusing on my health and then breathing and just realizing, okay, what is it that I really want to do? And I I started this uh, journey of uh, personal growth and spiritual growth and kind of like this whole spiritual and personal growth journey that, um, brought me out of that out of that my like mindset is everything and all the success and all the money and all the kudos and awards and stuff like none of that means anything if you don't even want to get out of bed in the morning yeah yeah once <laughs> you, you feel like crap so yeah once you write that book we're gonna have to have you back on because I feel like there's a whole <laughs> other story of entrepreneurship and you know building a business and mindset and all of that but it was such a pleasure chatting with you today Thank where can we so find much. more information on you and on diva cup yeah, well, check us out, divacup.com. Um, check us out on Instagram uh, at the Diva Cup, and you can find me at Karine Diva Cup. So I'm uh, my name spelled C A R I N N E. So one R, two M's, Diva Cup. Um, come follow me on my journey. I've, I've just really started uh, focusing on that and and trying to share a lot more about my personal journey in my life and um, really want to connect with with other with other women and other people that just want kind of want to are curious to know what it's like to be an entrepreneur I love that well I'm definitely following along so thank you Kareen so much for chatting today it was such a pleasure 
Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one on a brand new topic every Monday. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino, produced and edited by Alia Ballas. The music credit goes to Raspberry Music and was brought to you by Style Canada. Oh,